Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. 25 years ago, on the release date of this episode, I was saying I do to Marty. 25 years later, I'm saying, hey y'all, it's time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Today, the guys bring you a scurry report of Council of Four and two five-minute initiatives of Space Base, which I love, and Shards of Infinity. Happy anniversary, Marty! Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a board gaming podcast. This is episode 142, kind of a drag. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. And Tony, I... I gotta ask you a question about the song. Okay, so number one, I know what you're referring to in this, and oh, we'll just you do, do we'll, you? yeah. Well, I think I do. We'll just kind of leave that out there. I thought, okay, is he just randomly just googling stuff now and just trying to find things that match? So I thought I had never heard of this song, "Kind of a Drag" by the Buckinghams, and mm-hmm. I, I went, "What the heck?" So I go out there and listen. It's a song from a band from the 60s. It came out in 67. And actually, I knew it, but I had no clue the name of it and no clue who it was by. It's one of those songs I think that's probably used a lot, like in uh, like in uh, shows that talk about the 60s or, you know, scenes from the 60s. And I had this song in the background. I, that's the only yeah. reason why I would know it, because it's something I would never listen to. Actually, the reason why you think is not actually the reason why you think. Oh, okay. It was more around it's kind of a drag when you play with someone who's playing and they got all poopy head like you did on a game that we're going to talk about later that's right it's not that the game was a drag it's just that it's kind of a drag (laughs) when someone's a poopy head and 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 that's where this one came from i was like you know i really need to find something that describes our incredible gameplay on thursday night where we got uh you know council of four and I was, once again, and I even tweeted out the first time where I became a poopy head. And this time I was still a poopy head. And it was it was kind of a drag. I drug the night down. And wow. I, I apologize. I'm sorry. That is quite all right. We'll get into that lengthy discussion, which actually ended up being a scurry report. Kind of a, a last minute thing. It was not planned to do a scurry report on the Council of Four. But there were so many discussion points going on that, that, that we had to do that. So, Tony, I had to look up something about this band. You know I me, mean? I like to find out a little little tidbit. So, this song came out 51 years ago, where the Buckinghams were one of the top acts of 1967, one of the best-selling acts of 67. Never would have guessed that. But get this, they're still touring today. Wow! Really? <laughs> 51 years later, when they had to be, I don't know, in their 20s? Yeah, and those guys, be, yeah. those guys reformed in 1980, and as of last year, they're still touring. Now, Wikipedia hasn't updated since then, so <laughs> they may be in a rest home now. I was just, like I said, just looking for songs. And there's also going to be a sort of an ongoing with the songs now over the next few episodes. And we're going to see if people can figure out what I'm doing without you giving too much away. Hold on a second. So you're saying that titles of the episodes are, are being tied together starting when? Now. This is the first episode where I am going to start a trend. Maybe people will figure it out, but they will still tie back to the show and and how we either played the game or something like that. So there's going to be a hidden meaning 
in here and we'll see what people can figure out. But this is number one. So you can't figure it out now if you even tried. Let me make sure I understand this correctly. So every song title will somehow tie to the show, but there is an overarching strategy or overarching reason for why you're titling each of these upcoming shows. So it sounds like to me, Tony, you should create a thread and see who could be the first person to get this. I could do that. Mm -hmm. A thread on our BGG Guild 1589. See who's the first person that can figure this out. And since they're not going to figure out this episode, maybe you and I, you and I can come up with the cool price. And now I'm, I'm kind of interested now because guys, I have no idea what, what he's talking about. So I'm, I'm going to be playing along too. And this is typical me for against you, as I always just drop something in on you. But tonight, congratulations on number 25 anniversary. Wow. I hear you. I hit mine last year. So I know what you meant. Uh, hey, what, what silver things you give her? Did you give her a silver dollar? Uh, I, I I don't know yet. <laughs> hey, go play games. That worked well for me. No. Uh, I mean, we're going to be going out for a special meal, and, and we got some reservations to go out one weekend and stuff. But I, uh, as of this recording, I have one week to to come up with that uh, special something. And um, as of right now, I'm not sure. Bye. The time it's released, I'll I'll have better come up with something. Well, I know your wife, and let me tell you, you can bling her out, and she'll be a happy lady. She is easy to buy gifts for, I will say that. But I know one thing. What's that? Nailed it. Bam. That's right. Fireball Island, (laughs) one hour, less than an hour. If you had started listening to the interview, boom, we nailed it, big boy. Yep, high five. Boom, right there. There it is. Yes, on our last episode, we had uh, Justin Jacobson and Rob Davio from uh, Restoration Games talking about Fireball Island, and we were picking with them during the episode saying, uh, Tony was, Tony was like, well, it's already funded by the end of the episode. So sure enough, like uh, Tony said, within the hour, the game had funded, and I actually reached out to uh, Rob and Justin and say, well, it looks like Tony was right. And then like Justin or Rob said, well, that happens a lot, doesn't it? I was like, do you know Tony? But congrats to them. I mean, and that's already a million dollars. When that page did hit, because we didn't, we, we didn't get to preview the page before we interviewed with them. Mm-mm. And then they showed us the page. We got the preview. And I was like, wow. That's some professional work here. That's not something just thrown together. And I, I'm still surprised that with all the work and effort that's gone into it, and they talked about that on the show, that it's only $60. You, you know, when we're so used to Kickstarters now being over 100 bucks, having something coming out of this quality and everything and looking like that for just 60 bucks, that's a good deal. Well, I'm in for the 130 I'm with you, Tony. If you're going in, go all in and get all those expansions because I, I've heard from some people that got to play test the game at PAX East this past weekend. JR was there uh, showing it off mm-hmm. and um, they had some of the expansions out and most people were saying, look, you got to get the expansions. They said that, especially the Pirates, the Pirates is really good. As they keep hitting stretch goal after stretch goal, I mean, they're, they're upgrading the marbles mm-hmm. and I know Rob was very excited. He even mentioned it on our show that, you know, he's got three more ideas in the hopper if this was successful. So, he better get busy. And he's on. The, they're on their way to the $5 million goal of JR getting a car. What do you think? You think they're going to hit two and a half? What is it right now? Uh, I think uh, when I looked at it r- earlier when we got on, it was around 1.4. But I will get us an update here. It's not like Kickstarter. It's not loaded on my stupid page. It's killing me, man. Yeah, another big game came out too on Kickstarter too that my son is just jonesing about. My son's a huge, huge Street Fighter fan. 
the guy goes and, and does competitions. And so he's really into that scene. Well, Jasco in coordination with the Angry Joe show. I don't know if you've ever watched that, Tony. It's a big YouTube channel, a couple million uh, subscribers. He mainly does video reviews, video game reviews. He and uh, some people at Jasco designed a Street Fighter miniatures game, which I must admit looks pretty flipping cool. The miniatures look sweet wheat in that game it's it's basically trying to mimic the fighting game got a couple miniatures on the on the uh, board you got some card play involved you got some dice rolling and you're just basically trying to knock each other out and that kickstarter is doing very well it, it was um, needed to fund at four hundred thousand. it has and it's on its way as of today to eight hundred thousand. so it's a race between the two where do you want to put your money i think fireball island will come out ahead in the end but but the thing about the Street Fighter miniatures game is it can gain momentum. With every 100,000, a new character is unlocked that will be given to backers for free. So you can see that there's probably a tipping point where it's like, I'm out until there's like tons of new free stuff, which happens with the CMON Kickstarters, that, that people may jump in. It doesn't matter. My son has already told me he's got the money. He's going all in for the big $240 package. Oh, it, it does. That game does look pretty. We don't know what it plays like. It may, nope. be, may play like crap, but it looks gorgeous. And I actually asked him that. I said, Travis, what if it doesn't play good? He says, you don't understand. He said, just, he said, it's so sentimental to me, that game and those characters, even if the game stinks, I'll always have those little figures that I can display on a shelf somewhere. And I can't fault him for that because it's true. And he's going to get a ton of them. And then the non-tangibles. Our good buddies over at the Secret Cabal. I can touch them. You can touch them? Well, you said they're non-tangible. Uh, okay. The Untouchables. The Secret Cabal. I'm just going back to that movie. I can see Jamie standing in that elevator, and then the guy comes in and mows people down. I have no clue. So Jamie's mowing people down, or Jamie's getting mowed down? Speaking of mowing. <laughs> okay. Speaking of mowing. <laughs> Squirrel! I am trying to decide between a Toro Time Master 32 inch deck mower because I've got uh, three quarters of an acre and you told me to think about a zero turn. Yep. But I had a guy come look and he says I can't have a zero turn because of the slope of the front yard. If you go up and down, you can just can't go sideways. The problem is it's like 25 feet. That'd have to be going up, back, and forth. Yeah, back that's true. Yeah, so you're just going to get a regular lawn tractor, eh? See, a lawn tractor, so the Toro is a walk behind and I'm mm. like, that's interesting. But then I'm thinking, what about the new Troy built one that is um, the flex system where you can disengage the motor from the mower deck and then put on your pressure washer and the tines for aerating? This is really interesting radio right here. Well, think about it because when I was researching this <laughs> okay, <laughs> and looking about it, there were a ton of YouTube videos and there were these guys who said, to be completely honest, Troy built sent us this. I'm like, that's a thousand dollar machine. So wait a minute. Somewhere out there, there is a group of lawnmower enthusiasts <laughs> who have a hobby uh, and YouTube channels of reviewing lawnmower equipment. And now they get stuff sent to them. We're in the wrong one. We're doing the wrong hobby. I saw three that way. Count them. One, two, three. Three guys. They all got these. Uh, so... So our next adventure, mm -hmm. we're going to go into reviewing lawn equipment. Ooh, I can't, can we do something besides lawn equipment? I mean, now that we know that people will now provide that, that high quality uh, product for free. I mean, I, what, what are you going to do with a, a yard full of lawn equipment? I mean, you can't store it like you do board games. You could. 
Well, if you take up your whole garage, and I, you know, oh, well, this time I'm going to mow with my Troy belt. Tomorrow I'm going to go with my Husqvarna. Hey, what about the Cub Cadet sitting over there? What do you think of that? Or, ooh, we need to get these aerators out. We need to try those. Were those trimmers? Were those hedge trimmers? Do you know how I probably come back with eight fingers with some of that equipment? So are there podcasts on this stuff? Yes. No, I've, I've, are you serious? There's a podcast yes. talking about yard equipment. Yard equipment and, of course, gardening. But, yeah, there's a guy out there who does a podcast on yard equipment. Oh, my Sharpening gosh. Sharpening your blades, your maintenance. He's saying the same thing about us. Can you believe there's <laughs> old farts talking about board games? Is there a convention? I want to know. Is there like a, a convention where all these people go and hang out? Is there, is there a, a YouTube channel called Watch It Mode? That would be funny. <laughs> I could see that now. A guy in a plaid shirt riding, uh, coming by. He rides by on the mower. He comes. Uh, yes, go with ahead. A, with an, I was going to say, every piece of equipment, he shows you how it works. Basically how to use it. First, we disengage the clutch. Then we yeah. engage the blade. <laughs> then we sit our butt down on the seat <laughs> and we mow the yard and then he forgets to tell you about setup of it of putting gas in it and oil and how long it takes to well, do that well not he a good it. watch it mode video it would be a high quality where the first thing they do is put the gas in and make sure there's nothing around the lawnmower and then do it in a very professional manner and then sign out each time with thanks for watching and enjoy your mow <laughs> <laughs> he better have safety glasses on <laughs> oh gosh oh there are so many parody skits going through my mind right now oh that's <laughs> and see, funny and see you got a zero turn we could so make this happen oh and you definitely wow. have the plaid i will totally be honest i have thought are there other hobbyists and other things that are enthusiastic about their thing as we are in board games i i'm i'm sure there is but oh, is yeah. there something like that that's so out there and, and wouldn't it be funny if the if the lawnmower guys the podcast or they try to entertain and be <laughs> humorous that's just one of those things i wouldn't think would be entertaining and humorous but it could be well hold on that is incorrect because one of the biggest shows on uh, NPR of all time are the car guys, right? I mean, they're talking yeah. about repairing cars, and they're one of the, the two of the funniest guys on the radio. Yes, they were. Uh, was it Click and Clack? Car Talk Brothers or something. Yeah, like. yeah. yeah. I used to listen to them. Yeah. Those guys were hilarious. And to be absolutely honest, honest with you, Tony, early on, I listened to those guys for tips on, gosh, how can you talk about a subject that's kind of serious, but still interject humor into it and stuff. Those guys were just top notch. There's the kitchen shows, of course. Anything like that could work. So wrapping this all up, our buddies over at the Secret Cabal, don't forget about their, their Kickstarter. <laughs> and back well. to Jamie and mowing people down from an elevator or something like that. Yeah, see how it tied all together? Mowing. You know, oh, I see. Mowing. Now I see what the trigger point was. <laughs> <laughs> so... Be sure to check out their Kickstarter, guys. <laughs> don't don't go there with me. No, no, Jamie's like, he was getting, if you listen to the show, he's getting all excited. Oh, good. They're going to talk about my Kickstarter. We talk about Lawn Wars for 10 minutes. And then we just like, okay, wrap it up. Yeah, go check out their Kickstarter. Go support it. <laughs> Come on. He he produces a ton of content. A lot lot more than these lawn mowing guys. Oh, and one of the, to make it humorous, one of the guys got the pressure washer out of control. Uh, he didn't mean to. But you know what? When you use a pressure washer and you go straight on against a mower deck, oh yeah, what happens usually? It comes back in your face. 
Okay, well, so speaking of back to your face, um, Jamie, it's the secret. I mean, you have the Lords of Dungeon, the RPG segment. I mean, I've been listening to um, what's the new one? Oh, I can't even think of it. I listened to so many. The one where it's just uh, him and him Brian. and Bender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, teaching me how to be a GM for our Lord of the Rings campaign, and he's got his uh, weekly videos, and yeah. and uh, and the joke of the week with Steve. Yes, the Friday joke with Steve. So be sure to check out that page because right now, I, I mean, there's just so much out there they can get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, great, yeah, great, exactly. Guy. And uh, he puts on puts on puts out great stuff, and uh, he's one of the leaders in this uh, when it comes to content creation. So uh, go help support those guys. And lady. Did, did I take your wind out of yourselves with the mower? Yeah, you did. I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> let's, I'm going to throw away the show notes at this point because we're, we're so far off track, man. I mean, maybe we should just go review a game or something. <laughs> Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. All right, so we got the new game from Stoneblade Entertainment, Shards of Infinity. That's right, been waiting for this game, been hearing a lot about it. Over there on the Board Game Geek, Shards of Infinity, they've been teasing with some card art that's out there. Gary Arendt and Justin Gray released it. You know Justin from Ascension, and you guys know I love Ascension because of its deck building. I play at least eight to 10 games every night. Okay, I'll get my turns in. But this is another deck builder. But where does this stand with me in Ascension? I like it better. Really? Yes, it's amazing. You play that much Ascension and you actually already like this game more than Ascension? I do. And here's my key point to it is because like in Star Realms, this game lets you attack another player. Mm, But it's got my core mechanics that I love in Ascension. I love my constructs sitting on the table. Here you have champions sitting out on the table. You have your allies that go back into your deck. It's quick to play. But I am out there trying to defeat my opponent as well as build a strong, challenging deck that lets me do a quick combo i also can win if i get out there and have a mastery of 30 and play a boom there you are in your face kind of card and i know mastery is something you like about this game it has your basic resource card you start with 10 cards at the beginning of the game some of them have resources some of them attack just like star realms use the resources to buy cards from the middle of the table just like star realms and ascension but there's another resource called mastery uh each of you have these player cards that tracks not only the life of of the player but also the mastery points. And you can spend one resource on your turn to increment your mastery by one. And there's some other cards which can also increment it. But there are cards in the game that use this mastery based on the level of the mastery. For example, there may be one that says, hey, if you have five mastery, you're going to add two two to your damage. If you have 10 mastery, maybe it's four. If you got 20 mastery, maybe it's five. You know, it just keeps ramping up. But there's different cards with different things. Some heal when you have more mastery. Some give you more resources when you have more mastery. So it's just yet another another resource to manage that doesn't exist in something like Star Realms. And totally, to me, it's more very closely related to Star Realms. Because like you said, you're trying to knock down the other person's life from, uh, was it 50 down to zero? And, mm-hmm. and you're trying to do the same thing here. But what's different is you talked about the constructs and the, the champions. Those are things that stay out on the table. Remember in Star Realms with the outpost, when the outpost came out and you did damage, you had to destroy the outpost first. And if mm-hmm. you didn't have enough damage to knock out an outpost, basically your damage was wasted. In this yep. game, you don't have to attack those champions 
first. They're out there. They give some buffs to the other person. But if you want to, you can just skip it and go straight to the person. Love that. Another key element that I enjoy about this game is the mercenaries in it. Mm. Yeah, you got champions, you got allies. But as Marty and I both discussed when we were playing this is, man, at the end of the game, there's no reason to add more cards. You got your fine-tuned deck rolling through. But man... What to do with these resources? Well, if something appears in that market for you to buy that has a red border around it, you can buy it, use the text, and then discard it to the bottom of the market deck. It's yours. It's Well, it was briefly. It was a mercenary. He came to help you do battle and destroy your opponent. That mechanic is awesome. Love that mechanic. That That is right up there, actually, with me, with the, the mastery. Because, like you said, towards the end of the game, let's say, man, I have an ally on the table. Oh, look, there's an ally that I could use that's in the, in the market. Well, typically, when you buy from the market, it goes to your discard pile. This gives you a way to use those resources at the end. Take advantage of that ally. Sure, you don't get it in your deck, but you don't need it. You need a hard-hitting uh, card right there. Last thing that's different than Star Realms, you have this element called guard. Some of the cards have shields on them. If you have a card with a shield on them in your hand and somebody attacks you, you can show the shield to decrease the amount of damage that you would take by the number on that shield, but you don't discard the card. It just goes right back to your hand. So now you're trying to add cards from the market that also have shields on them to help block damage. Tony... This is it. This is the Star Realms killer for me. If I compare this to the base game of Ascension, the base game of Star Realms, this is my new winner right here. And I can't wait to see where they go with this game. Oh, yeah. The expansions are planned. They're ready to come out with it. And my final thoughts on this game is it's one that if you enjoy deck builders, you enjoy the two-player aspect. Now, this can go up to four, but there's some talk on the BGG Guild. Maybe not. Maybe it'll go too long. Either way, that's up for you to try out. It's a game for me that will definitely be on my shelf to play. And as much as Donna enjoyed Star Realms, I think this will let me take her to the next step in a deck builder. Five-minute initiative is complete. Portalgames.pl slash whatever. Just go, matter yet, just go over to portalgames.pl and then scroll over there and select your language. I am very excited about the upcoming scenario for Robinson Crusoe. Mystery Tour. He, he, you know, Ignacy talked about that. Is it a magical it was, one? It's not. Oh, because okay. people died on this. Oh. The Lost City of Z. The, I mean, you've heard the stories behind it. Other games have been built on. Great movie, by the way. Portal Games has got that coming out for Robinson. One of my favorite games of all time. And don't forget... He's got Detective. He's finished up the rule book on that. That game can play in two to three hours. But for me and Marty, we're talking four to six because we got to take our glasses on and off. That's fair. And then, of course, he's got more coming from Imperial Settlers. And don't forget to get by your local game store and ask them, hey, do you have the in-store event kit for Imperial Settlers? If not, why don't you get that for us? So that's portalgames.pl. So, Marty, just to tell you the type of guy Justin is, he has already gone out on the BGG Guild. You're talking about Justin from... uh, Justin Gray from Stoneblade Blades. Come on, people, if you're listening to this episode, you already mentioned his name. Well, it could be Justin Timberlake. I don't know. Did I name the show after a Justin Timberlake song? You did not, but you've done it before. I have. So... (laughs) See, gosh, man, you want to go talk about mowers? Let's go review a mower. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Justin, not Justin Gray, Justin Gary. Jeez. See, you got me all flat. Anyway, it's Gene Gray, Gene Gray. That's dark Phoenix, dark Phoenix. Yeah. 
she doesn't have things that shoots out of her mind, does she? She has things coming out of her mind. Yes. So, Justin Gray. Gary. Justin Gary. Gary. Justin Gary from yes. Stoneblade Stone Entertainment. There you go. Keep and, going. Stay with me. Hopefully, okay. he'll still come on the show yeah. after this complete snafu. People were talking about over on the BGG Guild how maybe that the going second is a better thing because you start off with one mastery. No, going first was a better thing. Yeah, going first. I'm sorry. I was going, Yeah, there, there wasn't much of advantage to going second. Going first, they thought was a big deal because you could deal damage immediately and it was hard to catch up from that. First off, in all these card games, that's one thing about a deck builder to me, Marty, is that the flip of the card can ruin your game. Okay. Because even in like when I'm playing Ascension, I was playing against a guy who was just on our show recently, Justin Jacobson. See, now you know why. Now I know why you make me put names together here. Because there's a, these Justin things going on. He decimated me in a game of uh, Ascension. He had all these combos, but he kept getting the right card to show up in the market. Mm-hmm. The same thing can happen with all these deck builders. I don't care wh- wh- who the designer is. Justin Gary has come out and said, well, why don't you guys try this? That's pretty cool of him. To come out and say, yeah, you just go ahead and knock yourself out. Yeah, I think he came up with the very, and he said, look, if you feel that going first is such a uh, an advantage, let, let me offer you something. And it was like bidding on the mastery points you start with. Mm-hmm. Typically, you only get one when you're the second player. Uh, he said, you know what? I'm going to bid. Uh, I'll let you, is telling you, like if I was playing you, Tony, I'm going to give you two mastery points. Let me go first. And you go, no, 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 no. I'll give you three. You let me go first. And it kind of goes back and forth till somebody takes the offer. Now, here's the thing. What's great about this game is once I'm sure it gets out and a lot of people start playing it, if there is something weird about the first player having an advantage, they'll, they'll make some sort of change. And I didn't get to say this in the five-minute initiative, but what I love about Ascension, Tony, is the fact that for the past, what, eight to ten years, they've come out with all these expansions, added with added these new elements. While Shards of Infinity is is basic in its form right now, there's enough design room in that game to add so many elements. They can make each of the players have special powers and give them special abilities, and they add new mechanics and new allies and new champions. There's a lot of life in this game. The base game is not the end of it. Just like Ascension, I think this game is going to be around for a while. And when Ascension's art turns you off, this art, you you didn't mind, did you? No, no, no. I like this art. I really enjoyed it. It was one of the big turnoffs from Ascension the first time I played it. I just couldn't get by some of the art. And art is a, is you know subjective. I understand that. But uh no, the the art didn't didn't bother me at all in this game. So yeah, that was that was cool that uh you know Jason that, that Justin's uh looking at the community and see what's going on and providing feedback directly to those that are playing the game right now. We got too many J's going on. Justin, Jason, Justin. Tell you what, why don't we get over to where we got people's names that we know? How about Nate and Mark from the Scurry Report? They're ready to cut loose on Council of Four. are so excited to have the scurry report again we have our scurry reporters which is tony myself plus nate bivens and mark kale guys welcome back hey thanks for having us yeah first one was mark second one was nate 
Now, for those who've listened to this before, we explained what the purpose of the Scurry Report was. The idea was to take a game and its epicness or some sort of big game and really dive deep into it. And the game we're going to talk about tonight wasn't even on the radar for this, Tony. This was just going to be a quick little Euro game that we were going to play. And afterwards, we talked about this game for like 30 minutes. Yep. (laughs) okay so you already know tony's feelings on the game i'm talking about the game that's coming out in late may from simon council of four uh this is a game that had been released there uh they are re-releasing it with some new art and everything it's designed by simone luciani and danielle tassini sure that's not bad that works works Here's the thing about this game. I got to play this, guys, at the Simon Expo last year. And Nate, I think you got to yep. demo it too, right? Yep, I got to demo it as well. It was, looked a little different, but the mechanics were similar. So It's a really straightforward game in that you've got this nice map and you've got some merchants that you're going to put on the board into cities. And when you put them into cities, you get a little bonus. The really cute thing about it is, is when you put a merchant to a city, if it's connected to another city with one of your merchants, you get to activate that bonus again. So... Coming out of the box, I explained this to you guys. Oh, this is a really cool game about building combos and building a really cool engine. And that's the path that we went down. Yeah, the first game I played, I was doing these combos. And I could see from y'all's faces that I was doing something really cool. It felt fun to trigger those combos. I'm building this engine. I'm gathering these resources. Wait, 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 wait. That's the path. Yo, (laughs) that's true. Mark, you did not in in all the games we played, you weren't running the combo engine. You weren't doing the cool thing. We, I mean, your turns were over very quickly. Yeah. I just went and placed a guy and went on next guy. Job's done. And that's where the point of contention came in with this game because we were having these epic, and I did it at night. I was having the epic turns tonight. I was activating guys all over the place, generating tons of resources, but I ended up coming in third because after we played the game, it seemed like the game was more of an maybe an area control game because when you control certain spots on the board, you control some of the same colors or same regions, you get a bonus tile, and those bonus tiles are huge victory points. I noticed that right from the beginning. When we first started playing it the first time, we have played it twice. We'll explain why later. <laughs> but when we played it the first time, I was like, okay, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know that looks like a lot of points. So I'm going to do that thing. Yeah. So the top queen's bonus styles were 25 points. And Marty, I actually, I, I actually think it's not really as much of an area control game as a race. Okay. You're racing to get the top queen's bonus tile that's worth 25 points. The second queen's bonus tile is worth like 17 or 18 points, and it goes down exponentially from there. So it's really a race to collect the first set bonus, or the first tile, basically, to give you that first bonus tile. And like I said at the beginning, to get those tiles, you have to have a merchant in the same color cities. Some of them only have, like, there's only two blue cities, but there's five uh, yellow cities. So while it does take longer to get uh, the five yellow cities taken care of, it's worth a lot more victory points. But Mark, in his infinite wisdom, says, wait a minute. You know, I can just put a dude in the blue city and a dude in another blue city. Yeah, it's only worth five points, but that first queen's reward tile is worth 25 instant 30 points. That's right. Blue is my favorite color. I I love blue. I mean, it it just is so good to me. Mark, I don't think anybody's ever said your name and infinite wisdom in the same sentence. Where did that come from? I don't hear that. Okay, so three of us are talking about this game. There's one person we get to hear from. Yeah, it feels like somebody's missing from this. Where's Waldo? I mean, Tony. He's just grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tony, what do you think about this game? That's why I'm being quiet. Oh, um, well, come on. All right, let's be fair. I am being fair. Oh, okay. I mean, you the only reason why you brought them on is so that you would have ability to gang up against me. <laughs> no, I don't think it's I don't think I it's don't a think gang it's up. gang up because I do share some of your opinions on this game. I have more negatives than I do positive. I, I I mean a lot of people, as they know, this is a reprint and a lot of people are upset that they got rid of the council falling off the bench as you push them. To me, that's probably the funnest part of this game <laughs> which now lo- no longer exists. no longer exists yeah the whole mechanic of this and, game and, and, and i never got to play that old version mm-hmm. but now i want to to see if there would be any fun for me in this game <laughs> wow oh my god shots fired uh, so i'm uh, i'm sorry i mean but you go ahead marty try to explain the rules so no, you I'm not victory. Gonna... by the way most victory points wins woohoo we got that out the way. And it just so happens that we talked about the, the biggest victory points. We talked about Mark generating a 30-point move, basically, with collecting those two tiles. Some of the action that you get on the board are just basically extra victory points. That's but they're right. only ones and twosies, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to get a lot out of those. Now, you can activate them multiple times. So let's say you had a merchant in one city that had two victory points. You built in a city beside of it, you get to activate it again, another two. So you keep triggering that multiple times and that you felt like that was the goal of the game. The whole council thing that Tony was talking about, each region has four council members of different colors. And at the beginning of the game, you're given six cards with uh, different colors. And your goal is to discard cards that matches the color of the council that's sitting in that region. And you can claim a building permit, which has a letter on there that explains where you can build and that's how you get your guys out on the board. And oh. then from there, you start building your engine. I, I understand what you're saying, but to clarify, there's only five colors, but it's different combos of the colors. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like there's a rainbow of colors out here on the board. It's purple, gray, blue, brown, and green, and they're just mixed up on the board, but it's all that. And yeah. the council members are these, uh, they're cool minis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the servants or not. No, the that's the or not portion. Those are apprentice. Remember, the in the old rules, are... they were called apprentice. But either way, you need them because they're very valuable. Because if you don't play well, certain I rules correct. they were. I'm just saying. Well, and I yeah. did want to say that I, I want to make sure everybody knows that there there are more than one bonus tile that you can get. And it's not. You know, like the first one's 30, the next one can be 27, the next one could be what, 23, 24? No, it goes down quicker than that. I think that yeah. was, the, I think it was uh, 25, then 18, 12. 12, and 7. Those are the Queen's rewards, right? Now, it, the if you control all in one region, it's worth five points. You got those two t- blues, which is worth five. If you get all five yellow uh, merchants placed out there, that is worth 12. But I think that would be tough to get five merchants out there and claim that first queen's reward because if you could do that, somebody would, that would be a runaway leader condition. Right, yeah. And that kind of speaks to what I see is like the two main strategies that we discussed in this game is the race to try to get that queen's high queen's bonus first versus putting your uh, merchants close to each other and having the combo engine go off over and over and over again, which is a lot of fun. And those are kind of the two paths that you and you can try to do both, but generally when we've played somebody, you either go one or the other in the game. And we have found, it seems like that those race points to get the queen's bonus has been large, largely first and second place both times. Mm -hmm. If you try to do the fun thing of the combo engine, that's usually been the third and fourth place person, both games that we played. So in the first game, you were the combo guy. I think you ended up third. I think I ended up third, just like you. In this one, I was the combo guy and I got third. I got one of the queen's bonuses. Tony, you got one, right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Mark, you got the big one. And uh, Nate, you got two of them. Yeah. But the big one was huge. And that's one of the things that we said, okay, maybe we need to talk about this in, in a little segment because we thought, is the Queen's reward points too high? Exactly. And the way I look at it is, you know, from a game design standpoint, I look at a bon- any bonus and how it relates to a final score. So the Queen's bonus is 25 points. Mark's fi- Mark did very well in this game, and you probably deserve to win. But your point total was 77 total points. And 25 of that was getting to that Queen's bonus one turn before the idea. Plus one. the additional five. So it was really right. 30. And that was the least you could get with the Queen's, That's that right. highest Queen's bonus. Right. So almost half your points, well, just under half, was from the one move. Oh, see... I see how this is. Mark, <laughs> Mark wins every single time. And the, and there the, must be something wrong. Right. With the game. We got so that's why I got to sit there and talk about the design of this game because how is it possible for for Mark to win not once but twice? No, I, uh, yeah. I didn't win this time. No, Mark no, won, this time. You won yeah. the second time again. Yeah, not only did you win twice, Mark, you won using the same approach though. In both games, you got the first queen's bonus and blue, and you won both games mm-hmm. and blue. Yeah, the, uh, the, the two oh, blue cities, sorry, which yeah. is the quickest yeah, but, way but, to earn the first queen's the bonus. Same because last time, I didn't really have any engine right. going on the board. You All didn't. I did was collect the bonus tiles and a couple little things here and there. That's right. You played better this game, but everybody else did as well. Right. But you yeah, won exactly. both games and you got the same and, bonus both games. And it's like I said earlier, is I felt a whole lot like I did a lot more this game to get the win than I did last game. Agreed, yeah. But everybody did better. Tony last game finished with like 20 points. You did, I mean, you were a... a points yeah. don't matter. <laughs> no, hold on. So so how many points did you get off your, off the rewards? Intimate? You got a total of 32. And what yeah. was your t- final score? 40, uh, 47. 47. 47. So uh, most of it came from that race, right? Mm-hmm. Mine came, uh, mine was a seven, adding up, mine was 20. 20 of my 63. 63 was from the rewards and Nate, you have God, you got a lot. Yeah, it looks like forty of my like seventy points were from those bonuses. So points. in every condition, almost or just under half, yeah, came from getting those rewards. And I think that's what we want to talk about because when you sit down and explain the game, the first thing that comes to mind is engine builder. Yep. I want to quickly trigger my guys as frequently as often, and that's not really the way to win the game. Right, and that's exactly right, and that's what I, we were talking about it, and I was saying that I was really surprised in the last game, Nate's engine was so good, and he was, I mean, almost every turn he was triggering once and maybe twice in a turn, and I, I had gotten ahead, but I was expecting him to just jet around me because he had this good engine, and I had nothing, and it just didn't never happen. Another issue kind of that compounds things with a scoring is you're going for you know having all the yellow cities or all the blue cities. There's only one bonus tile for that. And so several times throughout the game, you're going to find a frustration point, I think. If you're, you and another player are going for that color matching, somebody's going to lose out and get zero points where the other player will get from five to 20 bonus points. And five to 20 points is the, you know, the whole game. And did you say a frustration point? <laughs> it is. It is at least one of the frustration. It's actually my biggest frustration okay, point. Because late in may the sound like they're all. Oh, you'll have a frustration point. I, I, so Tony, I know that was one of your frustration points. What was another one of your frustration points? Well, I mean, points? let's let's. Okay. Was it when I moved the queen and then you couldn't get that no, big last it, turn? That's not it. <laughs> that was not a frustration point. Let's look at it from from my my standpoint. What are the pros of this game to you guys? If you were to try to convince me that I should like this game, that this game is fun, because y'all all said this game's fun, and I'm like, 
I've had fun and this ain't it. <laughs> Tell me where the fun is. For me, it was it was the engine building thing. I like games like 51st State and I like games Imperial Settlers where it starts slow, but at the end, I've got this thing where if I can click one little thing, a lot of things happen. Okay. So that's what drew me to the game. And that obviously was my, if I do that better than everybody else, I will win this game. And I think that's what shocked me. Yeah, exactly. The other cool thing that I think this game allows you to do, it allows you to feel clever. I get to put together some combos using my servants and my gold and my cards and combo that into some cool things that translate on the board. I get to turn things in. I get to generate resources. All those generate are fun actions in a game. Like and, and I think there's some suspense to it, too, that adds to the fun. Just like one of my turns that I got one of the blues, I was expecting to be able to get the tile to do it, but I was taking a chance because I had to wipe the tiles and get two new tiles. I may or may not have gotten what I needed, uh, it just happens that I did, and I also was able to take another action that turn to go ahead and place the blue. So I like the suspense. Okay. So from the engine building to the clever gameplay, clever gameplay, yep. did it outweigh the negatives that you might have felt during that or the frustration? I think this is the greatest game ever. I, I don't have anything <laughs> negative to say about it. There's I, no I luck. Mean, it's all strategy. Yeah, it's all, all, all strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody that can master it's a mastermind. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And that's exactly all, all these colors made me think of mastermind. <laughs> now, I think that is a built-in point of frustration that's meant to be there. So you have these council members, and you finally, oh, finally, I've got the four matching council members for the region that I want. One of the actions you can do on your turn is switch up the council. You take uh, one of the colored council members off the uh, the sitting off the board, sit, sit on the left hand side and push down so the one on the right falls off. And you sit there and say, "Come on, I finally got the combination I needed," and somebody changes it. I think that's meant to be that way to create a sense of frustration between players. Yeah, I don't think it's meant to create a sense of frustration, but that allows for player interaction. There's several player interaction points in the game. And yes, I can mess you up on the council. It'll, it, you can still take the action you planned. It'll probably just cost you more. And so that's part of the efficiency thing. I'm mm -hmm. hurting your efficiency engines. There are other ways to do that. If I place in a city before you do, you have to pay an extra servant to place in that city. So again, I'm interacting with you and costing you efficiency. So I don't think that's, I mean, I, I got a little frustrated in this game when that happened, but that's also a way to put player interaction in the game. But you had fun. I did have quite a bit of fun. I also had quite a bit of frustration. And that's where I side with Tony. This is definitely not a everybody against Tony thing. I have a rosier picture of this, but... Mark's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this is the best game ever. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I side with Tony. I have a rosier picture than he does, but there definitely was frustration. Whether, you know, that outweighed the fun. I, I would play this game again. I definitely would not buy this game again. And I might even hesitate, you know, to play it a lot more. As a designer, Mark, you've designed games too. What would you tweak to say, okay, this is what this need, this is what needs to happen to make this no, a game that I would play more often? Obviously, this game is good because they remade it the way it was. I'm just so yeah. Willing. I don't think they changed many of the rules from no. what I understand. I looked at the old rule book. Well, there's a couple of things that we talked about. Uh, one would be a little bit easier access to cards, uh, maybe being able to spend gold to get extra cards. It would definitely. Uh, speed up the gameplay just a little bit uh that would be a good one another one we talked about is getting some bonus points at the end of the game for resources that you have left over mm. so like if you've got dudes left over because the thing about the game is the way it works is more than likely you're going to trigger on your last turn 
And when you trigger, you get all this stuff. So you have all this stuff that you're never going to be able to do anything with because you're not going to get another turn. So it would be nice to be able to get a little bit of something. Convert that gold and, and the servants you got at the end for a little bit of like three to one ratio or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing too good, but just a little bit. of something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for me, it's all about those bonus tiles and kind of the in-game scoring. That's really the rest of the game has a lot of fun in it and is very well designed. But for me, I want to motivate players with for, with victory points to do the cool things in the game. And right now, the combos don't give you enough points which are ultimately all that matters, to do the fun things in the game. Really, you should almost ignore adjacency a little bit and go for the race for the bonus styles. And so to combat that, I would like the bonus, the queen's bonus styles curve needs to be evened out a ton. And then also I would put second, third place points on the color matching cities as well. Because Tony and I were racing to get the yellow, which is worth 20 points. I was one turn behind him. He got it. He got 20 points. I get zero points. And some of that effort I spent several turns was wasted. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't feel good. I had fun doing it, but then the payoff is zero. But once again, the game's been around. It's being brought. You can redesign it all you want. We can redesign every game. I guess my point is, if that would have been the case, they would have done that. So it really doesn't matter yeah, yeah yeah i mean i i agree obviously people sat down and tested and played this game and they're very time. happy with the way that it is and, and that's cool uh it's just that the way the game was presented to me the way i presented it to y'all it was like cool let's make some combos mark was deal smart enough to realize well yeah that's awesome but there's like there 25 points right there plus plus another five for just putting guys out in two cities come on yeah and i think actually tony is right like there that was these decisions we're talking about were clear design decisions. What the problem is, in my opinion, is player expectation, which is what you're talking about. You sit down and you learn the game, and it seems to be about this combo engine and an engine building game. And re I really think it's more of a race game. So if you're teaching the game, if you get the game, I would definitely point out the race aspects of the Queen's bonus things. Maybe if the expectations of the game are set better, people will have more fun. So I was just looking at the board, and at the end of the game, if Marty triggers his whole line, mm -hmm. he gets 10 victory. Yep. And he's worked the whole game to be able to do that 10 victory. Point. Now, granted, he may can do it more than once if he's lucky. Well, no, he wouldn't be able to do it more than once, more than likely, because that's all 10 of his guys on the board. And that triggers the end of the game. The first one to get their 10 merchants out on the board, that triggers game in. Right. So I got 30 points. What is going to take him the end of the game? Mm-hmm to try to get close to that. Basically. And I think that's a good point. There's a lot of variability in this game because when you first set it up, there's little the little bonus tokens that go in each city are randomly placed. So at the beginning of a game, after the tokens are flipped over and you see where they are, you, you kind of decide if there was a bunch of victory point tokens that happen to be beside each other, sure, it would make sense to build there as fast as possible and just keep triggering that over and over again. My strategy this time was a lot of the uh, the bonuses that give you extra servants, which are good for your optional actions. We everybody gets one main action at the beginning of the turn. Getting a permit, changing the council, putting a a, uh, a merchant out. There's some optional ones that allow you to buy uh, another servant or switch out the permits by paying one servant. Pay one servant to switch a council or pay three and this was, I thought was important to me, pay three servants to take a second main action. So at the beginning of the game, when I saw uh, these cities connected, just generating servants left and right, I did that. And guys, I took two main actions most of the game, and it still didn't help. I thought, 
okay, if Mark gets the 30, fine. But I'm taking two actions every single turn while you guys aren't. Didn't help. Yeah, and that's where I, I really feel like those expectations come in. Like, you see that engine. Like, you you were able to see those pieces of the engine before the game started. And you were like, oh, you get excited. You're like, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to do boom, 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 do these combos. And that's just not where the points line. It's a fun game, but you're not going to win. And for me, the probably, and, and we haven't even gotten to my biggest negative. Anymore. Go, let's do it. Let's do it. The analysis paralysis. Yeah. And not being able to plan outside of your turn. And let's face facts. I mean, we're not the greatest board game players in the world. Even I don't care what we think uh, of ourselves. Victory points don't matter. That's not That doesn't make you a great game player, but winning, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> Mark's pointing at his character. Uh, that's been in the lead two games. So <laughs> I don't make you a great, I don't make you a great game player, but, but we're sitting here. I can't do anything because even on my last turn, I had a great move planned. I was going to generate about 10 victory points and you changed one thing, one thing. And it wrecked everything else I was going to do for my turn, which made me sit here and think, okay, is there any way for me mm -hmm. to generate that? And this was occurring throughout the entire game. There were like, we could have all easily have eaten a dinner, gone potty a couple times <laughs> in between turns. I think we did. I know we did. It was, it was very, and I think my level of frustration builds the longer I'm waiting for people to play. And to yeah. that extent, oh, we know. Oh, we we know. know. I mean, when, when Tony gets up and starts pacing around the table, it's like, here comes uh, grumpy yeah, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but so what am I doing here? I'm doing set collections to build an engine. I look at Mark shelves. I got plenty of set collection engine builders over there that I can put on the table that doesn't create the AP that I have in this game. I can't argue there. There was AP, and you're absolutely right. Once my turn was done, I didn't need to really look at the board anymore until about maybe your turn, Tony, who was right before me, because the council members could change in the region. The permits available could change, and I think that was two of the biggest things that could really mess you up. Or the queen can move. There's a there's one operation where the queen can move around the board, and wherever she is, if you activate that council, for the color combination for her, you could drop a uh, person there. I think that's what messed you up in the end. So yeah, uh, during when it wasn't our turn, we were just sitting there talking with each other. We weren't looking at the game. We weren't looking at our cards. And it's funny, uh, you made a good comment about the beginning of a turn, you get to draw a card, which is basically another, just a color that can match a council member. You recommended, why not draw that at the end of your turn so you can at least somewhat plan to the next one? Yeah, I think, that, you know, that's an unfortunate part of this game definitely is the AP. I think drawing at the end of the turn would help, but that wouldn't alleviate all the problems. Tony, you you talked about at the end of the game or, or during the game that this sort of reminds you of a Ticket to Ride. It would be like is if you had to play Ticket to Ride, but the route colors on the map changed from turn to turn. Mm, which and, is the France map. Right. Okay. I have not played that. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so imagine you're playing Ticket to Ride, you're collecting your hand of cards, and then you don't know what route colors are and so, until your turn starts. And then you can evaluate the board. That's always a weakness in, in games, in my turn, in my opinion, that have turns that you can't plan ahead for. I mean, Potion Explosion has a tremendous amount of AP, but at least the clicking of marbles is entertaining, even if it's not your turn. <laughs> Am I being grumpy because it's just part of my nature of, of I think he's being grumpy because he lost twice, but that's just I don't, me. And that's why he, Mark is so happy because he won no, twice. No. I mean, I don't, I mean, a little bit of AP is fine, right? I mean, you need to be able to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> you need to have some chit chat. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this game. I don't know why they all keep on with it. No, but you, you talk about am I grumpy because I lost it? No, I already said losing in a game. I mean, basically winning and losing in board games now for me 
I don't even factor that in. Yeah. Do I mean, you not? Because you gave Gaia Project some negative comments because whoa, he's like, yeah. oh, they're not even doing this game and I'm just not getting up at the end. Hold on. No. If, Tony, nah. if Tony got grumpy every time he lost the game, I'd be grumpy the whole time. I'd be grumpy the whole time. You never see me on that. And I don't, that's fine. I'm but, kidding. I'm kidding with that's you. But, no, you and, and you were consistent in the two games you said, I have a couple issues with this game. And I, if we sat down and played it a third time, you'd probably have the exact same issues. Yes, yeah, I mean, I had a full house all the time of colors. That oh, is, I did that, that is, too. That is a useless thing. I've got, a, I've got three greens and two blues. And I mean, it'd take us too long to, to say what was wrong with that in this game. Well, it's because fact, you, it just because it matches none of the council that's, that's out man. there. And but then you if, can mitigate that with no, money. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. You can mitigate it with money. How? By spending money. When you don't have a full set, you spend money to make the set. Right. And but how do you get money? By moving council members in that you need. But what if all the council members are in different locations? Then they're not then back here where you can. you move that location, then you move this location. Oh, and turn after turn where it is. What type of gang did Nate well, just say it was? then it won't take you long to take your turn. You won't AP. That's, I agree with you. <laughs> I completely agree with you from a push. I can't argue with that, Tony. I had a full yeah. house one time, too. And what are we talking about? It's three of one color, two of another, right? But we told you there's six different combinations of these council members that can be out any time. If you took two or three turns to get the colors that you need, Nate, you said this is a racing game. You're behind. And then he just stated, oh, well, you can move the council to get what you want. Guess what? By the time it gets back around to me, where's the council? It could be changed again. They probably got changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the thing. We came in knowing Mark had the strategy of capturing the two blues and get 25. None of us stopped him. We couldn't. We saw him doing it again. And boom. Well, also, does it not help too? You kind of do have some luck at the beginning with those first six cards. If it happens to match as the council member of maybe one of those blue, you come out of the gate, boom, I can get a permit and put a guy there right now. It, it is true. However, what the one thing that I don't know if we mentioned is between first and second place was a five point spread. Yes, that's and, true. And my my last turn, Tony was talking about AP. I mean, I AP'd for a good while because I was like, okay, I need to eke out another two or three points in order to get in front of Nate because he uh, triggered the end game. Yeah. And I so, don't mind that you're AP at the end. I really don't. I did want to shove a council member somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> when you changed the Queen's Council, which decimated mine, but I have no problem that last play. I have no problem with AP on the last play. Right. I have problem continuously i get it I get uh, you know th yeah. there's technically you know at minimum if you as an efficient there's only 10 rounds in this game but i know there's uh, more, more. uh well it's probably more because you're probably not placing every turn yeah, yeah. plus yeah. or minus 10 yeah <laughs> plus or minus 10 plus or minus but <laughs> yeah. either either way you're right so for me game is a great strategy game I think not strategy. What did we use? A it, racing game. A racing game. No, you and I talked about, is it really a strategy game or is it a... Complex. It's a complex game. I think it does have some more complexity than, say, a Ticket to Ride or an other yes. like Euros. I, I will never fault it. This is a very complex. How do I maximize and make efficiency out of my engine while maintaining the but console? That, that's not it. We just talked about it. It's not about building the engine. Well, you, your engine to generate that so that you can put it and claim the two blues. I know people are going to listen to this and say, come on, guys, I've played this game, and the person who got the two blues or the, and the extra 25 points never wins the game. I won because of ABC. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's just hard not to see that big 25 point tile sitting over there as a low hanging fruit. Yeah. If you go after, if it's not the two blue, then maybe it's the three. Uh, there's one that only has three orange. Yeah. Maybe you get the three orange and get that instead. You know, regardless, uh, you're going to grab one of those low matching number of colored cities to try to grab that 25 points. And then it, it, it really is a race. And here's I mean, one more thing before I forget. You talked about AP. They sound this box. This game is only supposed to take 40 to 70 minutes. Nah. That is not true. Is that 40 minutes per player? Yeah. <laughs> it's two to four players, and the box says 40 to 70. There's no way we'd finish an hour, 10 minutes. So I'll say, like, kind of in terms of my wrapping up thoughts, at least based on my plays, part of the reason I've talked so much about this game, I mean, now we've talked about this game for an hour, probably, mm -hmm. between the end of the last play and this play. <laughs> and online, chatting with yeah, each other, too. Absolutely, yeah. through Slack and stuff. It's because I actually see so much fun in running the combo and in the resource and energy engine generation part of this game like while i'm playing the game i have a lot of fun if i'm not thinking about winning and the points but then in the end that's where some of those frustration points come in and how the bonus tiles are scored so ultimately it's a really fun game parts of it but it also has a lot of frustration for me all kidding aside about me winning twice which i did um Jeez. i, Amazing. I think, <laughs> Blind I squirrel can the, find uh, an acorn every once I do in a think while. At least twice. <laughs> At least twice. <laughs> I do think that the bonus tile needs some uh, adjustments somehow because I think they're overpowered. I mean, at this point, I almost feel like a one-trick pony. I mean, if somebody brings this game out, that's how – and if, if I want to win, that's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to uh, to try to take those bonus. So I do think that that needs some help. but. All in all, I enjoyed the game. And regardless of what I said about frustration, AP, I will play it again because the game pisses me off beyond <laughs> anything just from the frustration factor and saying that I cannot play this game as poorly as I did. And if it comes out again and I play it as poorly as I did next time, then yeah. The, mm, Tony, mm. if we're going to play another game right now, Gaia Project or Council of Four? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Guy, uh, it'd be Council of Four because I don't think I could, I have enough time to play Gaia Project. Yeah, but I, just in general. In general. I, see, and I would look at you and say, oh, you want to play a fun engine builder? Hey, Mark, break out 51st State over there on your shell. That yeah. wasn't the question. I know that's not the question. <laughs> I'm going to give you a C for me. But yeah, uh, uh, Marty. Well, choose, choose C. Tony's an idiot. From, 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 yeah, Tony, choose C. Tony's an Tony. idiot. Huh? What? <laughs> From Grumpy Tony to Political Tony. Yeah, see. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, Council of Four that's going to be coming out. I think it's May 21st. It's around the end of May. I was so excited when I got to play it last year at CMON Expo. I thought this is really cool. Can't wait for it to come out. I got you guys to the table. I still had a fun experience. But yes, to, to to all of us, I think there's some tweaks in the game that can make it a little bit tighter to emphasize the combo portion more as opposed to the race. But here's the thing. Uh, that's just our opinion, uh, everyone. Uh, obviously, if you get a chance to, do, to play it, do so. It's an easy game to learn. It really is. It can be taught in, in five minutes easily, and then you're off and running. Uh, do expect some AP, and at Nate's recommendation, it's a racing game. Look where you can score the most points the quickest and try to go there first. Go Blue! Okay, guys, I got to apologize for the amount of grumpiness, and I forgot to caution you going into the Scurry Report. Woo! Was he grumpy? That was report recorded several uh, days ago with Nate and Mark. And have you calmed down since then? I've thought about it. 
Okay. Talk a little bit more about it. We've got all your stuff that you said, and it's now out there in the ether for everybody to hear. And now you want to say, I've, I've changed my mind. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want people to think that I think it's a bad game. That is far from it. That's not, it's just not a game for me. Yep. But I will play it. If you put that on the table, I will always play that game with you. But caution, buyer beware. <laughs> there could be some poo-poo headedness flowing near the end of that game. I think the the point of all of us was, you know, you, everybody likes to play games to where there's like multiple paths to victory, right? Yeah. And, and I do, we just think we found the really easy path and that may not be the case. There may be a lot better paths, but we definitely found one that's viable. That's pretty quick to do. Obviously, you can guard against it, right, Tony? Yes. Yeah, you can you can guard against it. If everybody's going after those two blue cities in order to get that first token, then everybody's going to be doing it. But then, like we said, somebody may get screwed because what happens if it just so happens their opening hand happens to match exactly what they need to get that right you know, building permit in place to grab a city real quick, then people need to change their strategies quick and go to something else. Is it a game that I will put on the shelves? Like I said, no, but I will always play this game. I, I, who knows? I might end up liking it. <laughs> well, we'll play it some more and hopefully you will. Yeah, yeah, I learned to like spicy food, so miracles can happen. Uh, speaking of uh, spicy, how about spacey? Because we got to try another game right after that that I think you was a little bit more, that you warmed up to a little bit more. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. AEG has just released a brand new game called Space Base from designer John D. Clare, who you may know from not only Mystic Veil, but Edge of Darkness, which was just on Kickstarter. This game is kind of like Machi Koro on steroids. It's a little bit meatier in the fact that you have these cards that are enabled by dice rolls. Now, Tony, this is one of those things I told you, I said, guys, I could probably teach you this game in five minutes or less. Was I not successful in doing that? Yes, you definitely did that in five minutes or less. Unlike the game we talked about in Scurry Report, where it took you about okay. two hours. Okay, we're beyond that. Oh, yeah, we're fine, fine. That. My bad. Yes, you taught it to us in a little bit. But rolling dice, you had me at rolling dice. Sure, sure. And that's what a lot of people enjoy is, is the dice mechanic of this game. Everybody starts with the player board and you have 12 ships numbered 1 through 12 or slots 1 through 12. Uh, these basic starter ships can give you like a resource or maybe a victory point or maybe increase your income. On your turn, real simple, you roll two dice. You could take the sum of those dice and, and activate that one card slot or split them and activate two different slots. So for example, if I roll a five and a three, I can activate the eight slot or activate the five and a three slot. When I'm done, I hand the dice to the person to my left and they go, Tony, that's it. Guess what, Marty? It's what? a game about victory points. <laughs> it is. You've got to have economy to generate the ability to buy cards and you've got to figure out what are my probabilities of certain dice to come up. But that splitting mechanism is so key because... Who knows how you want it? Because maybe you got a primo card in the eight slot, but you also got one in the four slot. And you're like, oh, I just rolled double fours for an eight. <gasps> Ooh, which one do I want? And the ability to 
have an action. Sit there. Get ready to be used. Oh, I just rolled this card, and this card says that if I put a cube there, I can use it later. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was building up a combo. Watch it happen. I've got a little engine going here. My engine was trying to get victory points, and I came in third. Didn't help me too well, but okay. <laughs> no, that was that was all right. But I learned a lot from that because there, there's so many ways to get to the end game. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. We hadn't even talked about the best part of the game, which is my favorite, is there's very little downtime. Because, no, the rest of the people just aren't watching somebody roll their dice because, I did not mention, at the end of your turn, you have the option to take any resources that you've garnered so far and buy a card from the, the from the uh, market in the middle of the table. They have different levels, level one, two, and three, with three being the most expensive and obviously the most powerful. But you could take one of those cards and replace one of the existing cards in your slot. For example, if I buy a card that's a, that's supposed to be in the fifth slot from the market, I take uh, the existing card in that slot, turn it upside down, and flip it underneath the board because when I turn it upside down, it has a red ability on it. The blue ability is when I roll the die. The red ability is when maybe, Tony, you roll the die. So let's say that I have a, a card that's under my little four slot that would generate one coin. And let's say that you rolled those double fours, Tony. As you're deciding what you're going to do, because I have cards in that slot, I can activate that card slot twice and grab a couple tokens. That is the mechanic that sold me on this game. But it got a little confusing at one time because you were saying that, hey, when you're rolling and I can use those die, but then became, oh, wait a minute, what are the colors up there? The red, uh, what's the per? Uh, they, it kind of got a little confusing there, but you straightened no, it me didn't. out. No, it didn't. It did. It did, get, it did not get confusing. I said... Blue, you, red, somebody else. But if it's flipped up at the top, when can well, I use it? Well, if it's flipped up upside down, you're only going to see the red part anyway. Well, I could have sworn there was some blue up there, but it was actually green. Yes, there's green. Okay, <laughs> well, you didn't color. mention green, did you? <laughs> no, but what's cool is, Tony, is that over the course of the game, let's say I replace that slot, my uh, card in my uh, four slot multiple times, and then I have a stack of cards underneath my board. So if you roll that double four again, I'll get to activate each of those cards twice. By the end of the game, you're doing more on other people's turns than you're doing on your own. And the whole purpose Tony, like you said, is a lot of those uh, cards generate victory points. The first person to get to 40 victory points uh, will trigger the end of the game. And then uh, after you go one more round, whoever has the most wins. If you can see this game in the store, sit down, get a play, quick to learn. I I really enjoyed it. It had the dice rolling mechanic that I enjoy. I like the ability of building a quick little engine. Great game to play. Marty, final thoughts? My family loved it. Vanessa loved it. Travis loved it. Uh, so all different types of gamers have loved this game staying on my shelf. This replaces Machi Core for me. I had a lot more fun playing this game. That's space base from AEG. Go check it out now. Five minute initiative is complete. If you're not a part of the miniature market mailing list, you need to be. Tony, are you a part of the Miniature Market mailing list? Yes, I am, because I always check for those daily deals, Marty. And those daily deals go quick, Tony, if you ain't quick. Those daily deals go quick if you ain't quick. That's really good English there, Tony. Why don't you try that again, Marty? (laughs) (laughs) Those daily deals go fast, so you need to be quick. Or clicky-clicky. (laughs) Clicky-clicky. 
So make sure to join the miniature market mailing list so you can see all the latest deals, not just daily deals, but the constantly running specials. And remember to go to our website and click on the miniature market logo where you can get a special promo code that you can use on your next order. So go check them out at miniaturemarket.com. It would not be a show if we didn't have a contest. I'm tired of them. I am. I'm tired of having set up a raffle copter. I'm tired of doing a form, Marty. That's why I like doing contests, just to ruffle your feathers. Go set up this raffle copter. Are you sure you wanted to say this? Oh, man, look at that form. You misspelled that. You didn't get the right information there. Why aren't you requiring these? Go, go edit. Go do something useful. <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah. don't sit here and irritate me. So what are we giving away? <laughs> Gosh, you're still we're giving away a, we're giving away a lawnmower. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're not giving we're away still, a lawnmower. You still haven't got a council of four yet. I talked about recently Age of Rivals, the new little deck builder that is out um, for Android and iOS and, and Steam. Steam. Mm-hmm. I said Steam. I know because I, I finally got a copy of it. And I'm playing with you now. So Age of Rivals, they were kind enough. Roboto Games was kind enough to give us three keys. Three. Three. three right there. Three. three. Count them. Yeah, count them. Three keys. Four is right out. Thou shalt not say two unless proceeding to three. Okay, we're going Monty Python. I thought you were going to go Seinfeld on me, and I was going to be like, just never mind. No, no. See, you got you know, this reference. I got that reference. So we so, are going to give away Rafflecopter. Going to Rafflecopter again. It's going to be in the blog, the link. We're going to make you click on a bunch of buttons, clicky, clicky, clicky. And you're going to need to go out there, and then we will give away three keys, and you'll need to tell me the keys that you want as part of the Rafflecopter. So either Android, iOS, or Steam. And I will be giving you those keys. Now, I must warn you, because I've found this out. If you have an iPad that is first generation or second, and it doesn't, it hasn't updated to iOS 10 yet, which it won't ever because they stopped supporting it, which I found out. Then you might not want to clickety-clickety-clickety. You may want to find something else to buy, I mean, to get with it, <laughs> like an Android or a Steam key because your iOS uh, non-10 software release, if it's not there, you ain't going to load that game. Plain and simple. Look for the Rafflecopter over in our blog. Go there. Three keys. That'll happen in the coming show. Um, you will have... That's, but I will say one thing, Marty. Rafflecopter lets me put a dead end on it. I like that. You've got till X time. I like that. It shuts mm-hmm. it down. I don't have to wake up at midnight and click turn off form. It does it for me. I'd like to see like this as an actual card game. That would be neat. I think as a um, uh, an app, yeah. the, all the um, fiddliness of the card saying, okay, whenever you play an army, you get to add plus oh, three to the victory points true. or plus the armor. For every a- ally that you have or every attacker he has, your defense can go up by two. They've still got a few little minor things they're, they're working on. I know that because I did find a bug when I got decimated so bad by the computer, it froze mm-hmm. on me. Nah, <laughs> that was funny. So and there, I still yet to beat the challenge mode. I'm really trying. And I did say something wrong that I said you could buy the coins. No, you got to earn the coins. There's no buying coins. So no microtransactions. No microtransactions on this game. So once again, back to the original thought, Rafflecopter, three key stage of rivals. The only other thing is if you play online, you've got to be there online with your buddy. 
So hopefully maybe in future releases, if this thing continues to grow, they'll get it to where it's, you know, you can put in a code or, or have a friends list and you can challenge them and you can go, what is that asymmetric? Asynchronous. So that you ain't got to play at the same time. Yeah. Because, because you and I had to play at the same time that I would like a, like with Ascension, a lot of the games, it'd be nice just to kind of take your turn and put it down. But Hey, I'm having a blast as a single player against the computer. Or if I just jump online and say, play anybody, it'll match me up if someone is there. So that's on our uh, website on a, a raffle copter that you're setting that up, right? That is correct on the blog at Rolling Dice and Taking Names or RollDiceTakeNames.com. Yeah, so you're the one responsible for our website, right? You're, you are the one that uh, you put the blog post out there, correct? And and you update the links like you updated our link to uh, an image for a miniature market where you can go out there and, and clickety-clickety on the miniature market logo and, and go through our page and, and get a promo. So uh, let me ask you something, Tony. Well, well, hold on. Well, let me define something first. Yes. Responsibility, I would say, is loosely defined here. But okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll so go you're with the, that. You're the one putting content on the site, correct? Yes. I will go with that. Yes, Mr. Senator. Yes. Okay. So I was looking at our web statistics the other day. And Uh-oh. every once in a while, I like to go and look at uh, some uh, Google searches where people can find us. I'm curious, you know, if people search for rolling dice and taking names, do they find us? And lots of times they'll find us through uh, roll dice or board game and dice. You know, sometimes they may not even be looking for us and our site pops up, which is great. May I ask you, sir, why in the heck do the terms Viagra selfie and Viagra porn on the search engine? Is our site's going to have that? Um. Maybe I subliminally put those texts in the blog post. Whoa, whoa, stop. You're putting the words Viagra selfie and Viagra porn on our website? Not to my knowledge, no. So tell me, why, why, why if somebody searches this, would our site come up in that list? I don't know. Maybe it could be some of the comments. I mean, we get over a thousand comments on the website from robots all the time that we... Are you running some other scam that I don't know about? No, I'm not doing anything. If if I wanted to, that is a great way to drive interest, though. And what kind of sick person searches for that? And, and to be honest with you, I thought this can't be right. And as I started to type that in, common sense took over, Tony, and I didn't press the enter button. It's like, no, I do not want to search this because... I fear what will show up. I don't know, man. It's the internet. It's a dark, dark web <laughs> of, of lies. So I was shocked. I was like, uh, rolling dice, rolling dice and taking names, rolling dice podcast, Viagra porn. What? Viagra selfie? Viagra selfie? What? Well, I mean, there's nothing God. wrong to do Vi- no, Viagra. No, oh, whoa, stop. In the, there's there's no, something wrong I mean, with the Viagra selfie. Well, that may I don't true. even know what that means. I don't know. I'm checking it out right now. You've got me curious. Are you typing those words in now? I did not type in selfie, but I did type in Viagra to well, see what would happen. You got to put the two together. Okay. We no, do never that. mind. Don't, do not do that while we're recording. Do not. Okay, why not? Well, because all these ads are going to start popping up on your screen and then we're going to lock up your computer. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll stop doing that. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Is it cool? It's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind of like we're on Facebook or something where our information is being sold. Ah, oh, that's a whole nother topic. So anyway. I don't so I think was, he's, I, I guarantee you he is not selling rolling dice and taking name pictures. I can guarantee that. <laughs> 
that ain't helping anybody. That ain't helping. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg's like, I get. The, how can I delete that account? <laughs> People looking for good Viagra porn, and our picture shows up. It's like, whoa, whoa. That is not what I expected. But I will say that make sure you continue to go over to Miniature Market slash RDTN or clicky clicky on the link on our site. We always appreciate that. Uh, the coupon ended on, I think, April 15th. Maybe we can sweet talk them to extend it. Maybe something big's coming out. We'll see what we can do. We'll work something out. There's a new promotion right now, so go click on it and see what it is. Yeah. April Fool's. No, that was, long, that was a while ago. There should be. There'll be something there. I don't know what. And then they sent out that picture of us. Oh, my God. That's why we're in podcasting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Duh. That and, and our future career, our future career in Viagra porn. Oh man, I'm just, I will put that. I'm gonna start putting those on some of the posts. Just oh, for fun. Oh Lord, what are you? The bots that are gonna find us. I don't understand how all that works anyway. My next thing is after lawnmowers, I have to find security cameras. <laughs> And I just, oh, I just don't understand POE and all. Oh man, technology has left me. I'm POE. So yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. Something on internet, Ethernet, or point of I forget what it's called now. Power over Ethernet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. It's sad. Yeah, you. So are. I'll I'll tell you what. I'm I'm gonna go play some space bass and keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening to another episode of RDTN. If you want to support the show, please do so at podpledge.com slash RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names, Instagram Dyson Names. Come join our BGG Guild 1589 where we're so close to 1,500 members. Thanks, y'all. Would you look at the size of those decks? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you actually search Viagra Selfie? No, man. I'm looking at more decks. Oh, my bad. I was so excited to see the Broken Token's latest product offering, an Ashes Organizer. Now granted, they made some other organizers that would work in the past with that box, but what they've done is they've added in some additional trays that will hold all the existing dice, because two new dice sets have come out, a lot of new expansions have come out, all the additional tokens, and all that now fits in one box. And I'm really excited at the price because it's only $24.99. So, Tony, I will be all over this. I know that you don't play Ashes a lot anymore. I still do. And I've actually run out of a good way to organize my cards. So, I will be going out to thebrokentoken.com and getting an Ashes organizer so I can get all my cards sorted in one nice convenient box. Mm -hmm.